Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are going to be discussing A Light in the Flame by Jennifer L. Armentrout. It is book two in the Flesh and Fire series set in the From Blood and Ash universe. We discussed the first book in this series, A Shadow in the Ember, last October. So reference for that, um, for a refresher on the story. A little bit of a disclaimer. We are going to be pronouncing some of these names the way that we read them in the first book because we didn't get the pronunciation guide until the second one. So going to be pronouncing them maybe a little differently. Also, we'll most likely be talking about sex as well. Two disclaimers there. I will be doing our characters and Marissa will be covering our plot. So we have Sarah. She's our main female lead. She was brought up from birth to be the bride of Miktos and was supposed to kill him to end the rot going on in her country. However, we found out in the last book that she is a reincarnation of Satoria and has embers of life and death in her. This wouldn't be as big of a deal if she wasn't mortal, but because she is mortal, she'll be unable to ascend without dying. She is fierce and has strong convictions. She is described as having hair that looks like moonlight. Next, we have Miktos. He is our main male lead. He is the primal of death, but not the true primal of death. In the last book, we find out that he was supposed to be the primal of life, but his uncle, Colas, killed his father and took the power from him. Polis is now the false primal of life. Niktos is incredibly powerful and cares greatly for his kingdom, his people, and his friends. Also, since he is a primal, he has Draken, including Mikvas, and Miktas's children, Reaver and Jadis. Okay. Alrighty. So, A Light in the Flame picks up where a shadow in the ember left off with Sarah and Nyctos being counseled by Penelope and Sir Holland about the prophecy regarding Sarah's life and the embers of life that she houses. Sarah will die if someone can't love her through her ascension. And Nyctos reveals that he is unable to do that because he had his cardia, his ability to love, removed. However, there may be an alternative option if they can remove the embers of life from Sarah and place them into Nyctos. So while exploring how to make that happen, they proceed ahead with plans for a coronation for Sarah so that she has Nyctos's protection as his consort. Those plans are disrupted when they learn that Colas will not sanction the coronation and Nyctos and Sarah must gain his permission for that to take place. So uh, things start out pretty rocky uh, at the beginning of this book with Nyctos and Sarah, but they grow closer and Sarah begins to realize that her life can have meaning beyond just serving the will of others. And she decides that her life has value and that she wants to live beyond taking down Colas and restoring Nyctos as the primal of life. Um, But we can't have nice things. So those plans go awry. 
Uh, spoilers abound from here on. If you haven't read this book or don't want it to be spoiled for you, you should probably stop listening now and come back after you've read it. Okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> What in the cinnamon toast fuck did I just read in this book? <laughs> I... Oh my god. So I thought it was a duology. I swear she said that, yeah. I that it was a duology, right? Yeah. That was the thing. There were only going to be two books in this series. She lied to us. She changed her mind, I no, guess. No, she changed so her she mind. Just she realized that story yes. that she wanted to tell. I, I understand. That almost happened with the Queen of the Throne, the one we covered last time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, KF Green's series. So, but I know that she can, like in previous books, she fits a lot into the last hundred pages or so of this book. So I get to the mm-hmm. hundred pages and I was like, you know what? There's a ton to resolve, but I trust her. Mm-hmm. She's, <laughs> she's done this before. It's fine. It'll be fine. No, I get to the end and I was like, what? What mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was distressing. It was. <laughs> it, so I knew it was going to end on a cliffhanger because you told me. Um, but still I got to the end and I was like, what in the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, this is why I don't like to read unfinished series because I don't want to wait over a year to see what's going to happen in this story. I want to know right now. And so I had to sit and process for like an hour that it was going to be a whole year or longer before I got to read the next story. Like I was upset. Mm-hmm. I loved it, but mm, I freaking hate cliffhanger. <laughs> I found some solace in that I know what's going to happen ultimately. Right. This is going to be okay. Yeah. I would love to know the details like right now, mm-hmm. but it will be okay. Yeah. So. Yes. Fine. I mean, that it does help. And it, we know that they come together and they have children together at some point. Some ambiguous things happen that we don't know about. And I'm sure we'll discover. Um, I love these characters in this series so much. And if I had to choose between this series and the From Blood and Ash books, I would choose this one every day of the week. I want like a Sarah and Nikto sitcom. I want to see their antics with their god friends and their Draken and Sarah just like, you know, doing whatever she wants and Nikto shaking his head and like the, you know, laugh reel <laughs> in the background. Like they could be assembling IKEA furniture and I would still read about it. I love them. Me too. Um, yeah, I think what some of that might come from is that it's kind of a little, they're both a little bit more mature mm-hmm. in this, you know, both Sarah and Niktos are, um, at least they seem more mature to me, more mature characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that comes from it as well. Cause we read, yeah. I feel like sometimes we read from Blood and Ash. It's like, what, why would you make this decision? Yeah. This was not smart part, but I feel like for all actions in this, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, even when she ran away to try to like find Colas, I get it. Mm-hmm. There was reason behind that. It was not the best idea, but it made sense. Right. So, yeah, I agree. And I think 
something that I, so I feel like in the From Blood and Ash books, it seems like there's like an excessive amount of sex or sexual activities or just innuendo. And like, I very much appreciate those things, but I don't feel like they enhance the story. Like if I'm going to read a smut, a smutty book or an erotic book, like, yeah, let me throw some of that in. But from this series, there's so much action that has to take place that I want it to be more action focused. And I think in this series, we get more of that. Whereas in from blood and ash, there's a lot more focus on sexual activity and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, that's not why I'm reading that book. I want to know what's going to happen in the story. Um, and I think that might be part of why I like this series a little bit better too. It's also just different. Like with Sarah and Nyctos' relationship, when there is sexual activity, it's like, I feel like there's a strong emotional connection. I don't, and it's not that that's not present with Poppy and Castile. It's just, there's just so much of it with Poppy and Castile. Does that make sense? Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I do. And I think part of it comes from, so not that not a ton happens in From Blood and Ash, but a lot happens always towards the end of the book. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the first parts of those books are a ton of like there's a ton talking and a ton of sex like there's not much I guess not much, not that there's not much happening but you're right this kind of has just maybe more well-rounded I guess to it there's yeah. a, like an equal balance mm-hmm. to it so that might um, be part of it I know I was it uh, it wasn't necessarily getting like Poppy and Sarah confused like there were definitely times where I did feel like I was reading Poppy instead of reading Sarah. Mm-hmm. There were times, but trying to keep the events in my head like straight was really difficult on this reread or not this reread, mm-hmm. this read. Um, just because I I don't because of the length of time maybe between the last book I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, but because yeah, I was I was getting them confused in that way. You know, Sarah, we'll get to it, but later she mentioned something about taking a sleeping drought. And I was like, oh, but in the first book, she didn't like them or something. Like, I just kept getting confused. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Um, I think I enjoy Sarah's character more than I enjoy Poppy's character as well. Mm-hmm. Poppy. So both characters have quite a bit of interlogue, inner monologue, but Poppy annoys me. Mm-hmm. sometimes yeah and I don't feel that way with Sarah and I don't know if it's because characters more fully de- de- developed or I just appreciate what Sarah's character has been through mm-hmm. more than Poppy I don't know and I, I don't know it's hard because Poppy has experienced so much as well um but it's I, f- diff- I think maybe it is maturity mm-hmm yeah and I think Poppy I mean she is is she the same age as Sarah when this no, no she's younger she's younger she's younger so she is kind of more mature I feel like the tone is a little I think that Poppy is maybe a little bit more 
positive and I think that kind of goes along with her youth it's like I at this point sometimes I prefer reading what like more realistic books about what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen and you know Sarah's very well aware of what's gonna happen she always has been Mm -hmm. um and Poppy and I guess there's some more pop I don't know if it's positivity or just kind of innocence to her is that yeah well, that makes her, I don't, cause I don't want to say positivity because she definitely has moments, but maybe sort of the innocence because when Sarah gets, by the time she gets to Niktos, I mean, she's had sex, she's had all these experiences, she's killed people, you know, like all of this mm-hmm. stuff has already happened to her and Poppy is just starting to go through that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do, I think, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the maturity of the characters. Yeah. I love all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. I do. I mean, I still like Poppy and Cass and Kieran, and I've, I still enjoy those books. The next... I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the next from Blood and the Ash book coming out is the one f- that's like the first one, but from Castile's point of view. I'm concerned. As am I. I'm afraid of how that's going to go. I just, I don't want it to be 600 pages of him talking about, like, her creamy thighs. Yeah. Or how hard he gets when she talks about stabbing people. Yeah. Because his chapters in The War of Two Queens left something to be desired, right? Because that's, there were a lot of them were like how much he loves Poppy and how fucking hot she is and how much he wants to have sex with her, which is, I mean fine I guess but I don't want to read 600 pages of that yeah I think and unfortunately and this is not limited to this author a lot of times when authors write books from the male's perspective they are like that mm-hmm. um, I can think of maybe two books that I've read from the male's perspective that didn't turn out quite like that the best one is uh, I think it's called the Emperor of Stars or something. It's the Laura Thalassa wrote it, and it, it's oh, in the Bargainer series. Yes, oh, that and was that, fantastic. It was so good because oh, it didn't. I mean, the female main character in that series wasn't. I, she was not in that book a whole lot. Right. Like, it's a true like backstory for the male main character and his experience of things so it's not like you're just reading the exact same thing that you read the first time but from the male's perspective Mm -hmm. right it's completely new stuff and um a game I think it's called a game of fate by Scarlett St. Clair Mm -hmm. from Hades perspective yep yeah I had yep both of that those one, I had the same yes. feelings. Both for. of them, yeah, they were pretty good. In that book, I mean, there's more um, Persephone in that book with Hades. Um, like we get probably more of that, like from the male's perspective, things that happen in the first book. But we also get like a lot of things happening in the background in Hades' life that you don't know is happening mm-hmm. in the story. Uh, so those are. Uh, probably the only books I can think of where we've gotten male's perspective but I haven't just been like uh it's just boobs and thighs and hot sheaths 
it, but from <laughs> the male's perspective. So I'm hopeful that yeah. this is not going to be like that, but I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Did you read the bonus chapter from Nikto's point of view? No, I didn't know there was a bonus chapter. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can send it to you. Um, I found it on Reddit. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so it was for the, so it came out with this book, but it was for the previous book, the scene where he has sex with Sarah and feeds from her. Oh. So it's that point of view. Okay. Um, and it was good because it's like right after two, he finds out as oh, yeah. well. I, so when I was um, working on my notes for this, I realized that there might be like a character role reversal from, from Blood Nash to the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's interesting because I've talked to a few people about this. Um, some people have a problem with Castile because he seduces Poppy with the intention of killing her or trading her to get his brother back. So his pursuit in their relationship is deceptive from the start. Um, and people don't like that because it's dishonest. But Sarah was also dishonest, right? And that's her whole pursuit of Nyctos in this situation is with the intention of killing him to save her people. And it develops into more, just like with Castile and Poppy, his feelings develop into more. But the intention is the same. It's dishonesty with the pursuit of furthering another goal. And I feel more apt to forgive Sarah than I do Castile. And I, I'm try, I've tried to kind of understand why that might be. I, it, I don't know if it's because she's female and I just like women better (laughs) or um or if it's because the story is told from her point of view in this series and so I can understand her perspective and feelings and motivations more and we don't get that from Castile so we don't have that understanding of his motivations and feelings and so it's harder to be empathetic to him I think there might be some uh, differences here. So Castile wasn't really doing it to save his kingdom. He was doing it to save his brother. Um, so it was more of a personal, you mm-hmm. know, reason. Whereas Sarah was supposed to her entire kingdom, right? Yeah. That all laid on her. That was all her responsibility. And on top of that, Sarah was brought up with this basically being a sacrificial lamb right Mm -hmm. so this was just her whole mindset whereas castile wasn't like he had memories with his brother you know it was Mm -hmm. they're just sort of different situations and i think maybe his was more on a personal level and sarah's so much more on the greater good Mm -hmm. so that could be part of it i don't know yeah i didn't find it hard to forgive either of them yeah oh (laughs) Well, yeah, I certainly didn't feel hard, feel any hardship in forgiving Sarah. Um, yeah. It annoys me that other people don't have the same type of empathy um, for her, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have so much of a problem with, I mean, with Castile either. Let's get real. I'm all in with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I know what happened and I was like shocked, but I don't remember being really like angry about it Mm -hmm. i think i was just like more surprised that he was castile more than anything yeah i guess 
I also really preferred Nuketos to Castile too. And I, I again, think it might be a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't remember how old Nuketos is supposed to be. And I know Castile is uh, like a couple of hundred years old as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I can't remember how old Nuketos is supposed to be. Um, and so I don't, I feel like he's older maybe. And I don't know if that contributes to some of the maturity. He's also, he's carrying the weight of a kingdom and is a primal. So a lot more responsibility that goes into his role and people that he cares for. Whereas Castile is just kind of like, I mean, yeah, he's leading a rebellion, but his parents are back home, like guiding the country and stuff like that. So I don't know his, um. I don't know. I th- I feel like Nyctos's words carry more weight for me. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's daddy, right? He gives off he is, daddy vibes, yes, major daddy mm-hmm. vibes. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, which I think does lend it to being like a maturity thing. Yeah, more back backhand to that. Uh, this story picks up right where book two left off, or but the first book left off, mm-hmm. uh, which means I started it and was still pissed off at Nyctos for being such a dick to Sarah at the end of the last book because he was all like, you're a consort in name only and I'm not going to have kids with you and you're just a vessel, which was quickly followed by you're hot and I want to kiss you. Take a breath. No. Sarah has low enough self-esteem without like you giving her mixed messages. So it started off the book kind of pissed. <laughs> yes. I think I'd, I'd cooled off by the time I started this book. Um, I was just sort of like, whatever. I know he's going to get over it. I know she'll get over it. It'll be fine. Yeah. But it was hurtful. I remember being so mad about it in the last yes. book. Not as I, I was so mad. I, not as mad when I started this book. I'd definitely been like, by the time we by the time we got there um but i found it interesting so the fates right remember the fates show up at the end they're mm-hmm. like this is the prophecy you have to die except for love like this is what's gonna happen you know and sarah at one point goes ah the fates are like oh, they aren't very helpful but i feel like the fates have been super helpful compared to other books that we have read these are yeah. like the most helpful fates. <laughs> <laughs> like they told you what was going to happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. The things that they told, like, you're going to die no matter what. Yeah. You're going to die. I mean, at least she knows, you know? Mm-hmm. At least she knows. Um, yeah. I, you're right. You know, usually the fates are like, here's prophecy. Bye. And that's it. So it, it could be worse, Sarah. <laughs> Appreciate, Appreciate the help that you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That I mean, this whole like the whole start of this, I don't know. This whole situation with the fates is absolutely ridiculous to me. Cause they're like, yeah, um, Sarah's gonna die if there's not someone to love her through her ascension. And Sarah's thinking, well, it won't be Nyctos because he hates my guts. And Nyctos is like, um, actually, it won't be me because I am literally incapable <laughs> of doing it. <laughs> oh I have my cardia removed, so I will never love you because I am unable to. 
Oh, bless his heart. Like little little heart. (laughs) I feel like we all the time see these toxic dudes who get upset when they realize they're in love. And then we finally stumble across a male main character who is decent and kind and caring. And he is legit so terrified of love that he literally has the ability removed from him. Yep. And he says it was like unbearable pain too. Dude, come on. What is this even? I, that was a poor life choice. Just a, just a poor life choice. I just, what? I don't know. He should have just been like given her off to like some other god or something and been like, here, good luck falling in love. Yeah. Like, I, I'm literally incapable of it. So let me step back and see if there's somebody else she can fall in love with. And yeah, he should have done that or just killed her as soon as she hit the <laughs> Shadowlands because apparently he knew that all he had to do was drain her of all of her blood and he could ascend. He should have just killed her as soon as she got there instead of developing all of these not loving feelings that he has for her because he can't love her, which he says so many times. Mm. Um, I don't understand why they are so in denial about the implications for Sarah and her death since he cannot love her. Because that's the only thing that's going to make it through the ascension for her. And they're like, um, what if we transferred the Empress to Nyctos instead? And Nyctos is like, yeah, let's give that a shot. Even though we find out that the at the end that we 100% knew the whole time that he was going to have to kill her. Um, what was the point? <laughs> it, yes. We're just going to be in denial for 600 pages. Okay. Oh, gosh. I think it was so dramatic. I mean, that's so dramatic of him to have his cardio removed, right? (laughs) Like, I know of all the, like, sad, like, trauma and stuff that he had. But that means he also would have seen, like, the good stuff about love. And to be like, no, I never want that. I never want a soulmate or whatever. I'd rather Mm -hmm. just have the part of me that can love torn out of me mm-hmm. it just is very it seems like a very dramatic move it it does <laughs> I, I feel like Nyctos is pretty dramatic about because he's all the time like I don't have friends I'm a bad <laughs> guy I don't have a good bone in my body yes that whole I, the only good bone in my body is for you or something okay. right yeah it's like okay, okay Gerald you don't have any friends fine <laughs> sure all right um except you do have like a freaking ton of friends and people who love you and you're like I don't have a good bone I'm not nice but also you like I don't know get the crap beaten out of you by colis so that you can help people sure you're not a good person okay like is it I he's maybe like the opposite like, of a nice guy yeah I'm a nice I'm not a nice guy. I'm not a, yeah. it's, it's just me drowning in feelings of worthlessness and shame um yeah I don't know maybe it's just like the most exaggerated savior complex of all time I don't know I don't know what this is Nyctos needs help (laughs) yep he needs some therapy yeah also there is no way that he doesn't love Sarah 
right the way he like, treats her acts around her the thing he says he thinks does- he says how he's like so i saw this quote the other day it's a poem by rudy francisco that said we don't say i love you very often but we do say have you eaten today i imagine somewhere there's a language where those two things have the same meaning that's them that is this yeah that is this he may not, I don't know, have cardia so that he can live, but he loves her. Mm-hmm. He checks on her food and she's at first like, oh, he just doesn't want the embers, blah, 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 the culling, blah, blah, blah. Like he speaks positive things into her life. He tells her that she is worth having a life. He tells her how important she is to him and not just because she has the embers in him, in her, but because he cares for her. He committed to feeding an awful woman for three years so that she could live mm-hmm. ah, this is love yeah yeah i don't know how they're gonna resolve that how did he so i saw on facebook right and i'm in one of her groups mm-hmm. um that somebody's like oh can't like sarah just heal him because of her powers. And I was like, that seems like a really easy way out. So, like, how does he get it back? Because we know he doesn't. I mean, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he spends his whole life being in love and not realizing that it's love because he thinks he's not able. That's sad. But maybe. 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 I don't know. Because I don't know how you get that back. I mean, I guess he could go to the god or whoever. Was it a goddess or a primal? I don't know. Whoever it was who ta- who took his, you know, cardia and can be like, hey, can I back now? Yeah. I made a mistake. Oh, such a surprise. Yeah. He says, he does say that he regrets it. Oh, I know. That, that moment is so rough. We'll get to it. Speaking of Sarah dying during the culling because Nyctos allegedly cannot love her. Mm-hmm. Are we now theorizing that the person who loves her through her calling is Colas? Colas? Because she ends up in Colas's clutches at the end of the book, and we know she's getting closer like every day to her calling. And she is Satoria, which she reveals to him, and he loves her. I don't know. So, I mean, Niktos shows up at the very end in his wolf form. Mm hmm. And is like, rawr. So. Well, he's not like rawr. He's just like sitting there though. And she's like, it's a silver beast in the brightest is moonlight. Is he? Yeah. I thought, I he doesn't he attack. Safe. Well, no, he doesn't attack. But I thought that's, hold on, let's see. Because that was the very like last part of the book, right? Like yeah. the last, that's what it ended on. Yes. But he doesn't do anything. He's just sitting there and she can see him. Also, bad plan. Yeah. To try to be like rar in that moment. <laughs> this not it's not good timing. I really hope he doesn't do that. I feel like it would be a mistake. So it says a wolf crouched at the trunks of the trees. A wolf more silver than white, a silver beast bathed in the brightest moonlight. Ash. So the crouching to me sounds like don't they like crouch down before they attack? I mean, crouching could just be like huddled down. Maybe he's hiding. Maybe. And trying not to be seen. I don't know. I don't think he's going to attack. He's seen like immediately. It, it, yeah. I, this would be a bad plan. I don't think he's stupid. I don't <laughs> I don't think that that is going to be the thing that happens. 
Yeah. I think that Sarah is probably going to like get Colas to love her so that she can fulfill her destiny. And but she we know she doesn't kill him. No, she doesn't. But we also know that she doesn't die. So someone loves her through her ascension. <laughs> <laughs> someone loves I, her through this calling. And I think it's going to be Colas. I hope it's not. I just don't like that at all. Well, I don't like it either. But it's not going to be Nyctos because he cannot love, apparently. Um, Unless something extraordinary happens. I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't look through any of the group posts or the spoiler posts or anything like that because when I did it for the War of Two Queens, it pissed me off. So I don't know what the internet is saying or theorizing about this. But I only looked at a few um, because she doesn't have a dedicated group to it anymore. Oh, good for her. It was toxic last time. It was good for her. Um. Yeah. Let's come back to Colas at the end of this stuff. Um, so what's her name? Penelope, I think, or Sir Hall. I don't know. Somebody has a Victor named Victor who Mm -hmm. tattoos a magic charm on Sarah. So she can't be like taken from the shadow lands. Um, are we thinking this Victor is Poppy's Victor? I think so. That makes the most sense to me. I do feel bad for him because he's like the oldest Victor and it was before they were like, oh, we should wipe their memories. So he has all of his memories from all of his lives. That would suck. It would suck, especially thousands. Wait, how many years happened in between the books? A lot. It's many years. Yes. Many Many different lives. Mm -hmm. Yes, many years happen. I. There's no way. There's more than one Victor named Victor. That would be dumb. I do like. So, you know, I hate reincarnation stories. Yeah. I do like that she did a little bit of a twist on this where she's not really an incarnation. So she has um, Satoria's soul in her more than like her being like a whole reincarnation. Yeah. I appreciated that because I was just. Mm, I bet she did. Nothing of reincarnation stories. Did this happen? to? Does Poppy also have two souls? I read that and I thought maybe that had happened to somebody else but maybe it was a different story so sarah kind of comes through poppy okay and poppy isn't she the she's a prime wait wait oh gosh i just can't anymore with this poppy's a primal right no yes i don't know anymore i'm so confused (laughs) i don't know what she is so confused i still need a chart i don't know (laughs) um Whatever she is, Sarah was able to sort of channel through her. So maybe that. Because, I mean, Poppy is able to heal people and bring them back from the dead, right? Or is she just able to heal? I just... No, gosh, she I brought be... one girl back from the dead. And then... That's right. And there was... Third book from the... And the third from Blood and Ash book. Yeah. And they were like, mm, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really what someone should have done to Sarah. <laughs> Seriously, she's just going around reincarnating ev- or not reincarnating the embers, everybody back to life. The embers like, are vibrating, and you're alive, and you're alive, <laughs> and nobody's like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't do this." No, every time they're like, "That'll be felt. Somebody's gonna feel that. This is alarming, but no one is doing anything." <laughs> Stop her! Stop. I- <laughs> look i'm sorry your friends died but 
You can't bring everyone back. You can't. This this isn't how this works, especially because you're trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. I am so tired of these people who are hateful to Sarah because she tried to kill Nyctos when she thought it would save all of her people. Mm-hmm. Like, she realized her mistake and she apologized and keeps apologizing. And are you telling me that these people, Rain and Bell and Scion, wouldn't do the same thing for their people? No. Where is your empathy? Stop being rude. Yeah. I know. But I, I mean, she even like tries to run away so that she can kill Colas by herself. Yeah, and then they they do kind of after that they're sort of like yeah thanks we like um, you now but they're not really they're only that way because Nyctos scolds them and is like look if you don't stop I'm gonna like rip your spine out and murder you it's <laughs> a good threat it is I mean yeah it is it is but they're not really nice to her even like all the way up to the point of the coronation mm-hmm Rain, I think, is finally like, maybe I was wrong about you. Um, I mean, she does find some sort of friends, right? Ne- oh, God. Nectus. Nectus. Thank you. I almost said yes. Nectus because Nectus they're all the same name. And the children, the, the friends, the children are friends with her. And Aos is, I mean, maybe halfway friends with her. Mm-hmm. Belle is maybe halfway. I don't know. She didn't she bring Belle back from the Yes, dead? she did. She like... ascended her. You could be grateful. <laughs> oh, very... I'm tired. <laughs> Everybody being rude to Sarah when they would have done the exact same thing if they'd been in her position. And then uh uh Nyctos and the mixed messaging. I I mean, Sarah's like, you know what? Everyone hates me. And I can save everyone a lot of trouble and nobody has to die just by escaping and going to Colas's house mm-hmm. and I can fulfill my destiny and I'll probably die, but I was planning to anyway. So, meh. so she escapes and almost dies in the forest and Nyctos is super pissy when he finds her. Like, for someone who doesn't care about her, he cares a whole lot. Yes. I know. That scene was really interesting. So he turns, like, kind of into his primal form. Mm-hmm. And Nectus has, yes. like, um, uh, protects Sarah mm-hmm. from him. And I don't know, that was like, I liked seeing him protect Sarah. Also, I, yeah. Like seeing Nikto's kind of become, I, that, I think, is that like the first time we've seen him really like, er, arg primal go out? Yeah. Like, Hulk primal? Okay. Primal daddy is here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of daddies, uh, Nectus is spectacular. Yes. He gives like dragon daddy vibes all the time. And um i picture adrian turner i think is his name like shirtless red black hair just 
Mm, no, Aiden. Turner. It's Aiden Turner, I think. He was um, Keely. Yeah, he was Keely in The Hobbit. Oh, um, him. Yes, I like him when his hair is a little longer. And yes, really he looks young. good when his hair is longer. So I picture like him. Aiden Turner is Nectus in my mind with like a kid on his hip. <laughs> And okay. little Reaver standing by him holding his hand. Um, I am so turned on by like Nectus dad vibes. Mm-hmm. Just all the time. Just a guy being hot. Yeah. But I don't know. I know. Well, he's so cute with his kids, right? Yeah. It's adorable. I mean, so's um Nyctos with the kids. Yeah. It's all, it's all sweet. It's all sweet. I love Nectus's interactions with Sarah, though. I feel yes. like if Sarah has a friend in this castle, it is Nect- Nectus. Mm-hmm. He is like concerned about her and pushes her to try to explore her relationship a little bit more with Nectos and doesn't hold it against her that she, you know, was planning to kill him. And I think just has like a better overall understanding of what their relationship could be than all of the rest of the people in this castle mm-hmm. yeah i think without him she really wouldn't have explored her feelings as much yeah you know which i was good and bad considering mm-hmm. what happens later i suppose yeah. um so kind of i guess like going off of that sarah just has like such poor self-esteem and lack of self-worth um and that's super frustrating it's hard yeah i mean she's a great character but she spent her entire life thinking that she was going to die Mm -hmm. and so and she feels awful knowing that her purpose in life which was to kill nyctos wasn't even a thing that could happen and everyone hates her but also because I mean, if you spent your entire life thinking that you were going to die, would you try to have dreams? No. Or love other people? I mean, it's miraculous that she has any, like, I don't know, sense of um, worth at all, really. Mm -hmm. How could you have hope if you know? I don't know. I feel like it would be really hard to have those things. And so she doesn't know how to dream or really to, I mean value her her life for herself when she's spent her entire life thinking that and i think nick does gets frustrated sometimes oh yeah definitely because he said does your life mean that little to you or something like that yeah i mean how could how could it mean anything to her when Mm -hmm. she hasn't had the ability to have that yeah it's it's frustrating for me and sad you know like obviously it's her self-worth can't all be built up on me Nikdos being like, no, you you actually deserve a life and dreams and stuff like that. That's not she can't get all of her self worth from right. That. But it's it's sad. I want to see her. I we know. do see it a little. We do we do see yeah. it a little bit later. But oh yeah, eventually she realizes yeah. like I can do the things that I want to do, mm-hmm. and she realizes that she does want a life after. They destroy Colas. And she learns that she uh, she wants to have freedom. She wants to explore what her life could be. It just, it takes some time to get there. And that is normal, I would think. Mm-hmm. 
Nyctos is frustrated because she doesn't have like quote value for her life, but, and she can't develop her entire value based on the things that he says. That's something that she has to develop for herself. And that takes time. And it does in this book. It takes time. She eventually gets there, but it takes her some time. And I think that that's normal. And so I think from his perspective, he could have given her a little more space or, uh, um, support in her figuring out what that could be. I think she gets more of that support from Nectus than she does from Nyctos. Mm. He Nectos speaks like positively into her life, and he tells her that she is worthy of living and has worth beyond. I mean, just her ability to kill people and stuff. Um, but I think Nectus is the one that pushes her to explore what her feelings could be and what her life could be. Yeah, what it all kind of means, mm-hmm. how to put it all together. We see a lot of vulnerability with Sarah in this book. And I feel like, I mean, we don't see a ton of it with Nikdos, but there's this one point where, so he's giving this speech. I don't remember what all of it says, but he ends it with, we all need somebody to watch over us. And Sarah goes, do you? And he responds desperately. And I was just, oh. Feels so bad for him. Like, I mean, and he, yeah. It's just so we get to see into some, I guess, I don't want to say insecurity, but what he feels like he's lacking. Like, he needs someone too, and he's aware of it. So Mm -hmm. he's not even just thinking, I can do it all on my own. He knows. And it, yeah. And I think he really wants to have that type of relationship with Sarah, which is probably Mm -hmm. why it feels like such a betrayal in the end of the last book when he finds out that she exists like her goal is just to kill him so she could save her people he he wants that type of interaction from her and I as much as he says that he doesn't have a like he doesn't have friends and he's not a good person I think he wants to be good for Sarah Mm -hmm. and I think that he you know the people that he lives with are probably as close to friends as he could get but I do think that he kind of holds them at a distance as well and I don't know if that's because he's a primal and they're lesser or if it's a desire to protect them yeah um but I'm sure that he does feel quite isolated too we see them both Sarah maybe especially kind of opening up to each other when so they sleep together but non-sexually for a while which I really liked. thought that was sweet. And they also use that time to get to know each other. He asks her questions about her life and everything. But that is one of the things that leads to Sarah feeling like there's more mm-hmm. and developing her feelings, which is just, it's sad because she knows there can't be more, mm-hmm. but she still feels it anyway, because how do you not? right yeah he's doing all of the things that would sh- indicate love but he can't actually give love yeah so i liked that there was like you know non-sexual sleeping together in the same bed and stuff yeah um yeah and they get yeah. each other that way but... yeah well i think we see that as part of a i mean the development as a of like a friendship as well like their bond is not just about them having sex they spend a lot of time together in this book not having sex yeah they do 
which lends to the depth of their feelings for each other, whether I allegedly Nyctos doesn't love her. Okay, whatever. Um, he feels things for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we see that's hard for Sarah because she spent so much of her life trying to be empty, to not feel. And so to go from not feeling to opening herself up to feelings requires so much bravery and a lot of vulnerability. She says, the wanting of something I could have was foreign to me because just like Nyctos, I spent a life of just existing and wanting felt like living. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Brene Brown books recently, and she talks about how you cannot selectively numb things. Like if you numb sorrow and you numb hard feelings, then you're also going to numb joy. And I think that that's something that we see Sarah struggle with. She spent so much of her life trying to be empty, to suppress her feelings because that was what was expected of her and her role in serving her kingdom. And so to open herself up to feeling things means acknowledging that maybe some of those things are going to be not ideal feelings either. And that's something that becomes very hard for her when she realizes that she does care more for Nyctos than she thought. Mm-hmm. And when those feelings are betrayed or she feels like they're betrayed, it's like earth shattering for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she's, it's all new to her mm-hmm. and she goes from feeling good to so horrible right i do before we get into that i do want to say there are some really cute moments in their relationship that are lighthearted. a lot of their um sweet moments come from him you know lifting her up sort of thing but we do have these cute moments where he teases her um you know there's that one point where he teases her for like ogling him or whatever Mm-hmm. um which is cute and then they play in the pool like he creates little like whirlpools um yeah. in the water and so i liked seeing those just moments of fun too mm-hmm. even though the overall point of this i mean not point but oh the overall is tone is rather serious yeah to it i really enjoyed it uh, so with lighthearted moments, when Sarah realizes that she she wants a role, she wants a part um, as his consort. She wants to be involved in their kingdom, and so she confronts him while he's training, and says like, "Hey, I don't want to eat by myself anymore, and I want to train, and I want to be involved in decisions. I want to go to court." And they have um, like a little sparring session Mm -hmm. in front of his other soldiers or whoever I guess and she cuts his hair and um it's that's a really cute um there's like some sexual tension but it's a really cute moment too Mm -hmm. so Sarah and Nectus 
go into the veil so that they can figure out where to find Delphi, who is a god of divination, so they can figure out how to get the embers out of Sarah. And leading up to that moment, Nyctos goes with them. They, he can't go into the veil, but he, they ha- he and Sarah have a lot of like good, sweet moments leading up to that. And before they go into the veil, Nyctos tells Nectus to care for her, to be careful with her because she's important to him. She matters to him or something, something that indicates Mm -hmm. that he feels that he has feelings for her. And so she's got, like, she goes into it feeling special and important to him. She gets home from the veil and finds him in his office with Vesus, who is another primal, she's awful and we've kind of been introduced to her in the past with the hint that she's a terrible person and would be really ugly to Sarah mm-hmm. and Sarah thinks they might be having sex she can't fully see what's going on but she sees Nyctos being fed from by Thesis and feels enormously betrayed mm-hmm. in response to this Sarah has full meltdown um, goes to Nyctos's pool under the castle. And I mean, basically like opens up the earth, shakes mm-hmm. the castle down, like will destroy everything because she is so deeply hurt and upset and uh, wakes up and realizes that she has feelings for Nyctos. Mm-hmm. This scene hurt me. I think a lot of people have been in the situation where they felt so much for another person and their trust was betrayed or that person hurt them. And I think Sarah realizes the vulnerability that goes into caring for another person in this moment. And when they hurt you, it is painful, viscerally so. And so there's this inclination to like wall yourself off, which is what Sarah tries to do. Mm -hmm. caring for another person makes her feel shame because she feels like she did something wrong she failed in in caring for another person it hurt her and so we see her want to go back to who she was before when she was empty and nick does comments on that later he says he can't feel anything from her she feels empty and she doesn't want to be that way and as the reader who has gotten to see her experience joy and dreams and hope and has been in a situation where um, it felt like a person that you cared for hurt you. I don't want to see her feel this way, but I also understand that inclination to want to wall off. It made me really emotional. I felt um, like this moment was very relatable. I was so, so angry. Yeah. On her behalf, I wanted her to, like, just tear down the world, you know? Yep. Like, yep. Hey, kill everybody. Yep, yeah. I had it coming. <laughs> That's such a <laughs> rational response, but yeah. I was on board with it. Um, I knew, of course, obviously, there was going to be a good reason behind it. Yeah. But I didn't, I was, it didn't, that didn't help me in that moment. I was like, I know there's something more, but I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, 
I was like, and I still oddly, like when I look back on it, like wanted him to grovel for it. You know, mm-hmm. I love a good grovel. But then yeah. when you read why he's doing it, it's yeah. like, oh, uh, you can't ask him to grovel. No. It's, it's so heartbreaking. No. Yeah. I think it's one of those situations where if him, he, he had just communicated with her. He was like ashamed though. Yes. Like even when it wasn't even like he was sworn to secrecy mm-hmm. by it. He was just ashamed, which I thought was interesting, I guess. Like he didn't even, even though he knew Pop or, wow, Sarah was furious at him, he, he didn't defend himself by admitting it because of how like ashamed he felt of it. Yeah. And that that was so sad. That was so painful for me. I just yeah it was hard these um honorable males <laughs> i guess and it ended it's up like, not even being freaking necessary but yeah. whatever i guess these so, dudes just sacrificing themselves for <laughs> for the people they don't love okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay <laughs> um but so we find so he's doing it to protect Sarah because Vessie's found out about her. Mm-hmm. That she existed. Mm-hmm. And so. made a deal like, you can feed me or I'm gonna tell Colas that she exists. And it didn't matter because everyone knew anyway. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Who is it who ends up telling um Sarah? Is it Ector? I think it's rain. Is it rain? I think it's rain. Okay. Like right oh, before the coronation. Yes, right before the coronation. Yes. The timing. Yes. Direct. <laughs> like he's like walking her down the aisle. Sort of yeah. Right before. Getting ready to usher her out of the uh-huh. castle. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. This is why the timing is not. Not the best. But it's good that it happened before she had her coronation slash marriage sort of thing. Yes, it is. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, before they get to that. Mm-hmm. So they get a visit, a visit from Addis, who's the primal of, I don't know, something. War. War, violence. I don't know, whatever. Um, and he's like, um, by the way, you can't get married because Colas said so. Mm-hmm. And so they have to wait for Colas to summon them. And eventually he does. And so they get to his house, castle, whatever it is. The streets are deserted. Everyone has been impaled on spikes on the <laughs> castle walls. Like, this is a terrible way to receive guests. Mm-hmm. This is rude. All of the primals are dicks. Like, this would be the worst social engagement to go to <laughs> can you imagine like uh we got to their house and they had people spiked on the walls like who does that <laughs> rude uh, yeah i got you know what i got from this book so many like greek mythology vibes there were right like Addis could totally be aries right yeah. um colas very very Zeus vibes like mm-hmm. that he's Zeus then we have um 
Sarah and Nikdos and their sort of like Hades and um, Persephone mm-hmm. vibes. And I was actually at one point thinking back on like, you know, I was thinking about just books and I was thinking about a scene and I couldn't remember what the scene was, but I was like, oh, this is like, it's from a book with like Hades in it. Right. And then I was like, oh no, no, it wasn't. It was from the new, uh, the new book with Nikdos. So they were a lot of vibes like that. Yeah. A lot of vibes. Yeah. I mean, like even at their, the coronation party, there's a primal who's in charge of like the water. Okay. Poseidon. Um, <laughs> there, there are the RA, which are like the fates. Mm-hmm. All okay. the primals are dicks. All the gods are always dicks. Yeah, everybody sucks and is constantly backstabbing and nothing is at face value. Yep, this is mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So they have a terrible time at Colas's house. He reminds me of all the times we have run into stories and quotes about how monsters don't look like monsters, right? They look like Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, like kind of hot, but terrible. Mm-hmm. Something that I do really appreciate about these scenes where we are running into other primals is how very proprietary Nyctos is with Sarah. Um, like the way he basically fingers her when Addis comes to visit them. And then the way he's got Sarah, like sitting in his lap at Colas's house, like the possessive spirit really gets me hot. Mm-hmm. I love those. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me a bit of Akatar when Reese takes Feyre to Under the Mountain and has her in his lap. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. Yes. But yeah. Hot. Yeah. Really very, hot. very into it. Yes. Do very much appreciate Daddy Nyctos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Colas is pissy because he was insulted, quote, um, by nyctos not asking permission to marry sarah even though that's not really a thing and so sarah makes this valiant attempt to keep nyctos from paying the price for insulting colas and i just feel really bad for her mm-hmm. like it's like she knew he was completely unhinged but she doesn't really know it until this moment when he has her kill an adolescent draken um, which also reminded me of Akatar a little bit too, when Farah has to kill an innocent Fae at the end of the first book. Oh uh, yeah. Yep, yep. That's right. It was a it was a hard scene for her. It yes. Uh, Sarah then says, I'm okay. So she does kill the Draken, but is it Draken or Draken? You keep saying Draken. Is there a pronunciation thing for this? I didn't, I don't remember it being in the pronunciation guide, but okay. I, I, um, we do what we want. I don't know. Yeah. So that like where she stabbed him is actually going to be like really painful because he's going to slowly bleed out. But that was the mm-hmm. only way she could do it before like getting to him to heal him or resurrect him. And it's just like, gosh, Sarah, you're going to like, you're going to, everyone's going to know. People are going to feel that. Like, I understand you want to bring him back and it's so horrible and so tragic, but stop bringing attention to yourself. Yeah. Stop it. As soon as they get back from Colas's house, Nyctos is like, oh, there's trouble out in the fields with the, I don't remember what they are, spirits. 
that cause problems. And that bitch, Vessus, shows up. And it... It's a mess. <laughs> I hate this primal. Mm-hmm. Just so much. She calls Sarah fat. Yeah. It's, I like Sarah's response too. She's like, oh no, that's such Yeah. Oh, so original. Mm. I just hated everything about this scene. It was awful. Um I do like that Belle shows up and you know tries to help um she makes a bow and arrow out of ether and um Vestas is like there's a bounty on your head you better not shoot me I'm a primal and Belle's like oh well if there's a bounty on my head do you think I care if you're a primal mm-hmm. that was great um she hurts Reaver like we don't do that I was so mad um, we find out that Vessus was the one that sent the Draken to release the entombed gods at the beginning of the book, and she tried to orchestrate orchestrate Sarah's kidnapping to protect um Nyctos. Like ugh. she's yeah, the worst. She is. I I'm glad at least Sarah got her eye. Yeah, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. I wish she had taken the other one. Yeah. Um or use some of her like ember power to do a little more damage to Vessus. Okay. Um she heals Reaver, so Reaver's okay. I love how he uh like adopted Sarah as one of his favorite people mm-hmm. and like protects her or like waves his arms his wings at nictus nictus when he starts to upset sarah yeah it's like i mean i don't know i you might have this type of relationship with your nephews but like or even cats like you want to be the favorite like i want all of my cats to love me when a cat <laughs> chooses you it's like the best feeling that's what i get with this right mm-hmm. yeah reaver chose her jadis chooses her Oh, one thing I just remembered that it's not in the notes. Okay, and I think it might come up again. They basically meet, like, the four horsemen. Oh, yeah. There are only three of them. They're, like, pestilence, hunger, and war, I guess, maybe? I don't know. But, yeah, and they don't, they, like, bow to Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's going to have to come back. I feel like that's significant. Um, Maybe that will be. Okay, so the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me pull it up because <laughs> it's so long. It is apparently there's a beginning and a middle and an end to the prophecy, and we only got part of it in the last book. But okay, so there's a comment about how the in the the the, the person will bring um hold on, that's the silver beast. That's not what we're going for. Here we are. Okay, so Beware for the end will come from the West to destroy the East and lay waste to all that lies in between. Um, horsemen? Mm, that does Coming sound like West, it. And it sounds like a thing that they would do. And it sounds like Sarah can command them. It does. So there we go. That's to- Something is totally going to happen with that. It has to. Obviously, it has you to. You don't introduce, like, you don't introduce the four, three horsemen who bring death you don't introduce that and do nothing with it yes right 
that's significant in some way so the coronation yes i got some feyre vibes again from a guitar because sarah's dress sounds like feyre's starfall dress like it's Mm -hmm. and covered in diamonds and it glitters Mm -hmm. i like how sarah realizes that she loves nyctos like five minutes before the the coronation (laughs) and she is having an internal meltdown (laughs) (laughs) this is following rain telling her about nyctos's deal with vessus so it's like emotional turmoil ah I I feel like maybe before this moment would have been a good time to to do some self reflection. <sighs> well, she's a procrastinator. <laughs> where where do you find the time? Honestly, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Nikdos does do a really nice job of soothing her, even though he doesn't understand what's going on. He can kind of feel her emotions, and he's so cute and sweet with her. When he does finally see her, he says, I want to tell you that you look beautiful, but beautiful doesn't adequately adequately capture what I see. I don't know if there is a word that does. You have taken my breath with yours. Like, my heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It is so full. <laughs> yeah. And yet he doesn't love her. Okay. 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 And then the title that he gives her. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh. The one who is born of blood and ash, the light and the fire and the brightest moon. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Tears down my face. <laughs> I cannot stand how sweet this is. I'm wondering if this like brightest moon is going to be a title of one of the books because blood and ashes light and fire brightest moon I remember highlighting at the end of the first book being like oh these might be the name of the upcoming books yeah but I don't remember if it was something about a moon or not yeah I think if I were gonna guess I would say like the next title would be the flesh and the fire or something because this is part of the prophecy as well I think Wait, didn't um, we have flesh and fire? The, the series is called Flesh and Fire, but like part of the prophecy was like the light and the or the a shadow in the ember, the light and the flames, right? The flesh and the fire. Like I feel like that's gonna be the next thing. Maybe not, but seems likely. Yeah, possible. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, it's part of the prophecy: a shadow in ember, a light in the flame, to become a fly a fire in the flesh. So. Maybe the next book will be a fire in the flesh. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I thought that also maybe at the time she was also only going to do two books. Yeah. So that wrapped it up the first book, the second book, and then the series. Yeah. And then she was like, nope. So somewhere she did say, apparently she did a live and she did say somewhere in there that the title for the other books can, or for the other book is in one of these books. Like, is part of it so we've read it we just don't know what what it is oh well we've read a lot of a lot of things from this world (laughs) so that could be literally anything Um, it really could be (laughs) but I do really like the brightest moon I think that that is so Mm -hmm. sweet it reminds me of like um Daenerys Targaryen for some reason maybe it's the hair maybe I visualize Sarah as looking at like Daenerys I don't know 
um see that with the hair yeah except her wig was so bad by the end of that yeah like, i felt like her wig just, i mean i guess it just kept wearing down <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> by the end was, okay yeah um also I would really appreciate if someone could do a visual representation of what Sarah's crown looks like. Yes. Because it sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. There's diamonds, chains dripping down onto her forehead, uh, crescent moons. I need need a visual representation. I might try to craft it. So if someone could draw a picture, Mm -hmm. much obliged. Mm -hmm. Um, The coordination goes pretty well. What I... So... Nectus and Belle are two big side characters who have a lot of, they, they have a lot of real estate in the story, but mm-hmm. like the first half of the book is Nectus heavy. The second half of the book is Belle heavy. And I missed Nectus in the second half of the book. He doesn't really show up except at the coronation where he sits on the dais with them in his dragon forum and is scary. And mm-hmm. so I wish, I wish that they had maybe spread out or been more present throughout the books, the book. I agree. Although I, uh, I'm not super into Bill. Oh, I thought she was so funny. She is, but as like, I'm not particularly interested in her as like a character, you know, like she's funny. I like what she added to the book, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm just like, that's, that's enough that, um, I want more from Nectus. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but their the coronation seems to go well. They get an imprint. Yes. Which yeah, is like Poppy and Cass have. Like Poppy and Cass. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have their hands together and there's like ether that is, I don't know, and light coming out of their hands. And I like how Poppy or not Poppy, how Sarah's like, um, are you doing this? And Nectus <laughs> is like, mm, nope, I don't know what this is. Okay. Well, just pretend it's the fates. (laughs) Who knows? Um, Yeah. No, I like that they have an imprint as well. We there are a few things that kind of hearken to the from Blood and Ash series, and this is one of them. Poppy and Cass also Mm -hmm. get an imprint. Um, There's carriage sex, which again happens with Poppy and Cass, different circumstances. And again, I need a drawing of this carriage sex like I did with the last one. Like I highlighted it and was like, why can I not picture the carriage sex? Well, especially because Nyctos is huge. I'm just trying right. to imagine him being in a carriage at all. Like Castile to me is smaller in stature. Nyctos is like a giant. Mm-hmm. What does this carriage look like? No. How <laughs> big is it? I know. I highlighted it and was like, I still, I can't picture these scenes. Like... I don't know yeah. why I have trouble mm-hmm. picturing them. Carrot, you've never like been in a carriage maybe and thought, wow, this would be a good place to bone. You know what? You're right. <laughs> that is not an experience I have had. So <laughs> I think you put it on the head there. That's <laughs> probably why. <laughs> oh, I did really appreciate the carriage sex scene. It was very hot. Uh, I think I enjoyed it probably more than when Castile and Poppy have carriage sex because it's like on a battlefield when they do it. So they're covered in like blood and Mm -hmm. other people's, you know, bodily fluids and they're clean in this scene. And I enjoy that. Um, I also really enjoyed afterwards where they get back to 
um, Nick Joseph's castle or whatever, where Sarah expresses some vulnerability and wanting to spend the night with Nick Joseph, and they have a conversation about uh, Sarah finding out about what happened with his arrangement with Vessus and acknowledging that Vessus taking Nick Joseph's blood was a consent violation. Um, they have sex, but when he feeds from her, I, I, she was very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was indeed. Yeah. I just really appreciated everything about what happened in this scene. And then the next day they go to Kaylee Balfour's house to meet Delphi, who is the God of divination. Um, first of all, Balfour is Poppy's last name, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. This feels relevant in some way. Just maybe. Yeah. I know. I was like, mm, that's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. There's something, that's, there's a connection there. There's something relevant here. Um. So they meet Delphi and unsurprisingly, he gives them bad news. If you want to remove the embers from Sarah, all Nyctos has to do is kill her. That's it. Drainer right. of the last drop. Yep. There you go. That's it. Easy peasy. No problem. And I, he's so mad. Nyctos gets so mad. He like nearly kills Delphi. But apparently he already knew this. And so is the anchor just at the helplessness of the situation? I think it might be. Yeah, I agree. This scene breaks my heart for him. He's so upset. I know. Um, Sarah gets him to put Delphi down and Delphi is like, wow, I was supposed to die. I saw this happen and you were supposed to kill me, but you didn't. So, hmm, things change. Maybe things can be different. Um, but they, they, so they leave Kaylee Balfour's house and have sex in the woods. Everything about this just, just really, um, upsetting because, so Nyctos, he says that he wishes in this moment that he hadn't had his cardia removed. Mm-hmm. That's just a really hard scene. It is. Because he could, I mean, that's got to be tearing him up. Like he could have saved her if he loved her, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't want to kill her. <laughs> right. Yeah, that too. We just can't have nice things, you know? Mm-hmm. The last 35 pages of this book. I mean. Yeah. Things were going so well. Oh, I know. And then they just fell apart. Yeah. So they get back and they're being attacked by like everyone. All the things? Yeah. Dragons, Camarians, Primals, Dakais, like everything is attacking them yeah um so that's bad and then sarah finds um well she how exactly does it anyway ector and eos are dead yep i don't know i was exactly so how she upset it, but i was God. so upset i know ector was like the oh he was, Hector was nice i know why are you he was our nice friend people? yes yeah Ugh. yep like how dare you do this to me with 30 pages left in the book mm-hmm. i know 
I, was I think so it was at that point. <laughs> I think it was at that point I was like, oh, it's not getting resolved. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna wrap this up real quick. Nope. <laughs> oh. This I I put the book down at this. I saw that Hector was dead. I thought I saw that Aos was dead. And I was like, you know, I need to step away from this for a minute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I put the book down and I paced for about 15 minutes. I got a snack and I came back and was like, you know what? I'm going to spoil the rest of this because I cannot stand it. <laughs> so funny. I'm, I'm so different. Cause I'm just like, I got to speed read this now to find out what happens. <laughs> no, I needed to emotionally prepare. And, uh, it took me some time. And then I gave up and read ahead so that I could see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, so, so she brings back Aos, which is fine. I, I don't give a shit about Aos. I liked Hector. I know. I know. Ugh. It hurt my feelings. And I didn't appreciate it. And what's awful is that she keeps trying to bring Hector back. Like he's been beheaded. His body is off somewhere. I think it's Scion or someone whose name starts with an AR, like tries to bring him and she tries to pull him back together. But then the Dakais are like drawn to the ether. And so they eat Hector and it's awful. And then Addis, that snake has betrayed them i just i was not surprised by that i feel like there's probably more to adis too or at whatever his name name is um as well to what happened um i was i was expecting something to happen i was like you can't trust him he's clearly there's no um can't trust anybody yes yes Oh, Sarah, um, if you didn't, if you just had, oh, well, actually, it doesn't matter. He knew anyway, didn't he? I mean, they all knew. They all knew. They and all knew. That, none of it mattered. It did not matter. None of it mattered. They all knew, which pisses me off mm-hmm. because, like, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Addis is like, all right, you can go with me or we can kill everybody. And Sarah's like, well, that's not really a choice. Obviously, I'm going to go with you. I don't, I feel like he's not 100% a bad guy. Because Sarah says, Sarah's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, it's the only way. And she's like, okay, well, I disagree with that, but I can't let all my friends die. So she goes and wakes up in a cage. Of course she does with a chain around her neck. Of course she does. I feel like this is what happened to um, Castile, right? Mm-hmm. In the last book. The War of Two Queens, chain around his neck. So wake up, wake up, chain. Is that how the last one ends? No, that's he is chained in the bottom of the castle with the queen of what's her name? I forget. Right, but that's not how it ends. Wait. No, that's not how it ends. It's how oh, it okay. Okay, I thought you said that's how it ends. And I was like, wait a second. No, it's I the chaining. I've forgotten something. The chaining okay. is what happened. They okay. Get chained yes. to a wall. Um, yep. yep. And Callum shows up and of course he does. I, for some reason, keep forgetting that this guy exists, but he's like a wart that you freeze off and it keeps coming back. He just shows up. Mm -hmm. So I think I keep forgetting about Callum. Yeah. And I think that's probably his superpower. 
<laughs> everyone forgets about him. So he's in the background making some moves that we don't see because you forget about him. Yep. Like, who's this dude? He's stupid, whatever. Nah, not him. He's causing all <laughs> sorts of trouble. <laughs> yep. And apparently he told Sarah's mom how you kill a primal. And apparently he's had lots of conversations with Sarah's mom because of course he has. Mm-hmm. Of course he has. Colas knew everything the whole time. Mm-hmm. Sarah's stupid dad made a deal with him because of course he did. Yep. He knew that she had the embers. And that Nyctos and Sarah were lying and Colas was just biding his time. And of course, there's more to the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't get the whole thing. Sure. Yep. Prophecies apparently have beginnings, middles, and endings. So it feels like such a long prophecy. I feel like prophecies normally aren't that long. Yes. Based on what I've seen in Harry Potter, this is a very <laughs> long prophecy. <laughs> That's true. Honestly, that was my <laughs> reference as well. I was thinking to Harry Potter. <laughs> but I, you, it just seems very long. Oh, uh, yeah. And again, though, the fates did this, right? And look, they yeah. gave them a ton of information to work with. Yes. So. So we did this in the last book where we kind of looked at the prophecy. And I feel like the first part of it at least we have pretty much figured out right part of this is sarah part of this is poppy colas thinks part of this is micella yeah um, which is nyctos's mother right so we're still thinking that poppy and sarah are going to remake the realms and usher in the end right right yeah okay and then we still have like the harbinger and the bringer of death and destruction to the lands gifted by the gods, which we're still thinking is probably Colas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though people think it's Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. And so beware for the end will come from the west to destroy the east and lay waste to all that lies in between, which now we think might be the three horsemen of destruction mm-hmm. who bring death. Mm-hmm. we have added do we want to read it yeah go go ahead okay so we have added to this prophecy mm-hmm. for the one born of the blood and the ash the bearer of two crowns and the bringer of life to mortal god and dragon a silver beast with blood seeping from its jaws of fire bathed in the flames of the brightest moon to be birthed will become one so clearly sarah and um Nikos here Nikos. Yeah. yeah very so yes because she did wait did she bring a mortal back she did yes yep. she did that god we've got that down that's bell right the drake yep. we've got that i don't <laughs> remember if he had a name i don't think it's relevant right bad it was sad but bad, it doesn't matter bad what a bad. name Thad, that is not the name I would expect to have. That's just such a name. Yeah. It's like Nikdos and Thad. Thad. <laughs> like, yeah. The silver beast is Nikdos with his um, uh, wolf form. And then yeah. the brightest moon is Sarah. Yeah. I 100% forgot that Nikdos could become a wolf. Yeah. When did we learn? I don't. 
Um, I don't remember that that happening. That so does not mean I, that. It- yeah, I don't think it did happen. I think it was revealed in this book because the only reason I was like, "Oh, wolf," was because in his bonus chapter he mentions like the wolf is trying to get out, and I was like, "Can he turn into a wolf?" Although his symbol is also wolf. Right? Well, it's like the symbol of his house. Like that's the right. symbol of Polis too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's yeah. a wolf in Colas's atrium and Sarah's like is that a wolf and Nick Dose is like oh yeah that's like our thing <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can all turn into wolves maybe they can I don't know I don't um, remember it being in the first book that he can turn into a wolf I didn't remember that I remembered Sarah having a connection with wolves and with this I forgot at the end you mentioned like that 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 must be Nick Dose and I was thinking like oh this is why she gives wolf life because wolves are important or powerful or something and so she's gonna like make them like whatever it is that Kieran is now mm-hmm. and from blood mash I forget what they're called it doesn't matter wolven yeah oh yeah <laughs> I got there it there you go you got it came to you look at there brains are cool <laughs> all right so that's the first part of the last part of the prophecy and the second part is and the great powers will stumble and fall some all at once and they will fall through the fires into a void of nothing those left standing will tremble as they kneel will weaken as they become small as they become forgotten for finally the primal rises the giver of blood and the bringer of bone the primal of blood and ash now this is this is probably poppy probably because yeah probably because she's blood and ash right uh, although well sarah's also blood nash the great powers will stumble and fall some all at once into a void of nothing well it so... doesn't say god's will it just says great powers yeah so they could very easily be talking about like kingdoms and stuff which poppy is on a literal war path yeah um they will fall through the fires and whatnot. The those left standing will tremble. Uh, I mm-hmm. cannot remember. <laughs> what happened at the end of the War of Two Queens? Did the queen um, die? Yeah, that's right. Her like skin was like torn off. What was it? Did she do Something. a Voldemort? She burnt. She like disintegrate kind of. Yeah. Legit, have no idea what happened. Well, okay. So, it was, oh yeah, she did do a Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like Sarah starts coming through Poppy. Yeah, and then like just kills the shit out of everyone. <laughs> yes. So maybe this this part references Sarah and Poppy like working together. Yes, but Colas is still gonna come back. That's what happened at the end of the last book. Oh yeah, what happened with Malik? Oh, God. Didn't something happen with Malik? He was still, he was a god. Wasn't he still alive? Or, and then she stabbed him. And then that's what, remember she wanted his, the queen wanted his. Uh, oh yeah, she wanted his body. That's right. Yeah. And then she stabbed him. Yep. And then Colas is back. Yeah. Right? It's been a while. Anyway, something like, something along those lines happened. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can put that into this prophecy. Well, if it hasn't happened yet, it's hard to know. It is. (laughs) That's the problem with prophecies. Yep. 
Um, so I are we thinking so Colas is still alive ish. Sarah is entombed, kind of. They won't talk about her to protect her. So do we think that she's going to be the primal of blood and ash? Or is it going to be Poppy? Well, didn't it turn out that Sarah was the true primal of life and death? And they just pretended it was Nikdos. Yes. But... Like, the primal of blood and ash could also be the primal of life and death because they talk about how blood is life and ash is death. I guess. So, the giver of blood, the bringer, and like, the finally, the primal rises, the giver of blood and the bringer of bone, the primal of blood and ash, that could be Sarah. Mm-hmm. If they've been, like, keeping her, I don't know, in stasis or whatever, because if you talk about her, it will summon her or something. And they don't want to do yeah. that, maybe because of colis. I don't, we don't have enough information. That's the problem with the prophecy. Doesn't make sense till it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true statement. <laughs> and then you look back and it's like, oh, yeah, it was right there. Oh, yes, it makes sense. Clearly, yes, I was, yeah. yep, yep. Obviously, yes. There we go. Okay. Um. Yeah. So no answers for that. No. Oh well. Uh yeah. Things are pretty bleak at the end. Especially when Colas like starts to feed on Sarah and she has this light bulb moment where she realizes that she knows how to kill a primal and this is actually what she's been training for her whole life. And so that destiny that she was trying to, you know, meet at the very start of this book, she finally gets to fulfill. And then she's like <sighs> You're killing me again after all of these years. And Colas is like, uh, what? <laughs> and she's like, Haha, I'm Satoria. Nah. How terrible is it that he has Satoria in his hands again? And to get what he wants and to be all powerful, he has to kill her. Like, lol, it sucks to be you, Colas. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a conundrum that they've landed in. Yes, it is. What does he do? Does he kill her and become all powerful? Does he love her through her ascension, which I think is going to be the only way that Sarah maybe survives this? Or calling? I don't. But what does that mean? Love her through the like? What does she have to do? I don't know. I don't know. Don't they? They have to like drain them and then give them back the blood. Is that what? I don't know what happens in a calling. Well, the calling is her coming into her powers, but she's right. not actually, yeah. she doesn't have her own powers. Um, They're fake. Well, they're not fake, but they were put inside of her. They're not, they don't belong to her. But, but they became a part of her. Right. That's what I was going to say. They became a part of her. So maybe now she's not fully mortal anymore. Plus she does have Nikdos' blood in her yeah. as well. That's what started the calling. Gosh, they they made some missteps there, didn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So she used the powers. The power sort of became infused with her. The only way to take him is if she die, if he steals all her blood. Okay, you know, but I remember the way to make... They do. They have to... It's basically like a vampire. Drain all of their blood and then replace it. To right? ascend? Because that's different from the culling. Right. Well, the calling is her coming into the powers, coming into power, 
but then uh you know what i don't know i do know there is some draining of the blood i don't someone's getting drained (laughs) a few things i noticed so it's mentioned that miktos's father gave dual life to not only the draken but also to like some big cats and i think that's going to be a thing because like poppy's father can turn into a cat right yeah so there's something there i think there are some other cats and it even says where they can be found Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's gonna be something i don't know yeah and then the other thing is that so lilac still carries through but we learn that when you smell fresh lilacs near water in the mortal realm, it means you're near a gateway to Elysium. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely, I think that's definitely going to come back. Yeah. I don't know for sure about this whole cat thing, but this portal, I think, is going to come back. Yeah. They also mention a silver hawk. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And- I don't remember Hawks being special in From Blood and Ash, but Castile's other name is Hawk. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's relevant in some way. Could someone turn into a Hawk? Oh, I mean, I don't see why somebody couldn't turn into a Hawk yeah. at this point. <laughs> yes, I mean, we've got wolves and dragons and cats. Why not? Why yeah. not birds too? <laughs> um, I can't. I a couple of times Sarah mentioned seeing like a hawk. Yeah, well, one defends her in the woods, and mm-hmm. Nikdos is like, no, that didn't happen. That's that no hawk would be there. Mm-hmm. So there's something. And she saved the hawk. Yeah. Um, I agree. You're right there. I think there's something there, too. Seems, oh boy, we've just got like a menagerie of critters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Seems relevant, but I don't know why yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody can tell us. Yeah. It'll be revealed yeah. one day. I, eventually, we'll understand all of these things. In the next, like, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take us so long. I want to know. No. Um, um, favorite quotes? Sure. So I picked one said by Nick Dosen. I think this is around the same time he was saying that he wished he hadn't given up his uh, Kadara. Cardia. Mm-hmm. Cardia. Thank you. Um, he says, I would have loved you if i could have there would have been no stopping me mm. it's just so sweet and so it sad well and then like right around the same time he says mm-hmm. i never wanted to love not until you Leessa, which uh, this whole moment mm-hmm. i felt so bad for him he's had such a rough go of it he really has I mean, they both have, but he's been alive for a lot longer and had more time to have a rough go of things. Yeah. It's, I just want them both to be happy. I hope he gets his ability to love back. Me too. The very least we know they end up together. Yeah. That wraps up A Light in the Flame. Uh, join us next time. We'll be discussing these hollow vows by Lexi Ryan. I think some, one of our um, Instagram followers requested that we talk about this one. So we're talking about it. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We hope you have a great week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. 
We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.